Praise God. I know that's right. No matter how hard it gets. Thanks for calling home for me. We haven't finished yet. There's so much of life ahead. We've got so much to do. Okay. You drinking okay. some fitness drink, OVO? Is that what that? No, I'm, is I'm it beer? Some, I'm drinking some Bermudian rum. Bermudian. Okay, that they was very pretty. They deliver to our rooms every day. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm. Is it good? <laughs> I don't know if it's to this signature drink is Bermudian rum and their own ginger beer. I think mm. their ginger beer is the problem, not the rum. The rum is decent. The ginger beer, I think, is not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, are we starting? My yeah, bad. we're here. Mm. We're here. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. How's it going? It's going. Good. It's hot. Mm -hmm. It's very hot out here. You know, I've said this to everyone, and we can just go ahead. And really, it's... Did y'all watch Dear White People? Mm-hmm. Did you watch the last season? season? The series? Yeah. Did you watch it up to the last season? Oh, yeah? I did. So, you Um, know, when they was, like, walking around in the future, I mean, it was because of COVID, so they had to shoot with masks on, but, like, they had different ways of dressing, and they had to wear masks because of the state the world was in. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how you feel? That's how I feel it's coming. Like, we're going to have to, like, fashion is about to change to accommodate this heat because I was walking down the street in Miami and got my feet sunburned. Never been sunburned in my life, and the feet was peeling. Like, (laughs) I believe it. Yeah. There was a man walking outside just now in a sweater, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you're a serial killer. (laughs) You have to be. Something, something's not right. Yeah, no, it's, it's really rough out here. I was on a, I know you on a boat out in Bermuda. I was on a boat this weekend on Lake Alatoona, and it was a really nice thing. Y'all, I got in the lake. Mm-hmm. I got inside of the oh, lake. You got inside of the lake. You mm-hmm. jumped in. Jump is nuts. <laughs> Did I let myself <laughs> down in the easy in my life jacket and my noodles? Yes. <laughs> I but love you have been very friend. proud of me. Yeah. Because I wasn't freaking out. A fish did get my foot. That's interesting. But that was that was the most eventful part. That's amazing. And I let the I water take me. Come on, let it take you. Let it mm-hmm. you. <laughs> but yeah, sitting on that boat in that sun was nuts. I was going to ask you, was it like, were you guys under some shade? Were you? No, unfortunately, the sun was not on our side. When we were driving towards the destination, the sun was beaming on the back of the boat. So like the front of the boat, you know how yachts have like a raised front part. It was not shading us at all. And then on the way back, the sun had been moved and <laughs> was on us once again. So, mm. yeah, it was no saving us from the sun. Yeah, no. Put on some aloe as soon as I got home. Yeah, it's giving. If I was in the boat, I would have been inside mm. the boat Mm-mm. because it was hot in there. Rock too. the boat. Rock the boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, is this our maintenance check? I guess so. Okay. How was your boat, Obio? Can you, can you tell us about the boat? Yeah, the boat was a vibe. Everybody was a vibe. Um,. It was warm too. It was beautiful. Bermuda feels amazing out here. Mm. Um, the people actually have like a, I'm not sure they were colonized by the British or not, but they have a very like almost British accent kind of mm. thing going on. That's very nice. Um, food was really good. They kept mm. giving us food. And mm. I'm sticking to my diet though. So I haven't had any like crazy stuff. But you know um, it's good. Coming up. Mm-hmm. Say, say less. And mm-hmm. then I had my little poom poom shorts on. So, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you going to post it? Mm-hmm. Are you no, 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 mm. no, 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 I highly doubt it. Probably for y'all's eyes only. But, okay. But yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Spice up the group chat then. 
Yeah, absolutely. But now nah, it might not be the good care. But yeah, good vibes, good vibes all around. How are you guys? Good. Um, I'm hot. <laughs> I'm hot. I'm stressed. It's my AC <laughs> stopped working today, and of all days, I mean, of any days, really, mm-hmm. for an AC to stop working while we're in the thick of global warming mm-hmm. is insane to me. So the people are on their way to my house. Um, it's one of those moments where. God, I'm so blessed to be a homeowner, but God, I'm so stressed to be a homeowner because um, yeah. the things that are on my plate of responsibility is insane. Um, but other than that, it's been, what is it? It does Tuesday. Um, it's just been an interesting weekend and week. Ayo turns one mm. on Saturday. Hey. I had a baby a year ago. I had a baby a year ago, and that is crazy. Somebody we want to say happy oh, right. birthday mm-hmm. to her. Happy birthday, happy mm-hmm. when it comes. Mm-hmm. So I'm planning for that. Um, we're going to be actually going to Cincinnati for that for the weekend. Um, oh, nice. So I'm excited. I'm excited. She's going to be around her little cousins and doing the thing. So I'm being a mother this week. <laughs> no drama. No. I love no. That. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Renee, what's the vibes? Uh-huh. Where are you at? I don't know. I was just talking about the heat. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like when people are really good, mm-hmm. that's the response. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good right now. But <clears throat> I'm doing very well. But I also am in a moment where I am um, being honest with self and I'm looking myself in the mirror and recognizing traits that cannot go with me into the next growth season. Mm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, my bed being ve- being very comfortable and reruns of Make It or Break It being more enticing than, than work. actually mm-hmm. doing what? Did y'all watch Make It yeah. or Break It? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good what time. Is um, it, is, it is one of those early ABC family shows and they started to get risque in the era of Secret Life of the American Teenager and Pretty Little Liars. I gotta look this up. It was about uh, four white girls who want to go to the Olympics. It's really wretched, okay. to be quite honest, but it's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> it's fantastic. A girl literally tries to break a girl's neck, episode one, and then sleeps with her best, friend, best friend's man, episode two. So Get it's like Pretty it. Little Liars for cheerleaders type of situation? Whoa. Gymnasts would be upset that you just called them cheerleaders. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. bad. Gymnast so that's a gymnast. Olympics. Yeah. Got it. Don't play with them. <laughs> <laughs> but other than uh-huh. that, I'm doing well. I'm having more moments of recognizing what my past season was like, what my what I should expect in my new season of growth and being stretched. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm also seeing I'm also seeing God work. I am like in in, mm. the, wilder, in the wilderness. Mm. Hello, come on. I'm seeing uh. work. Yeah, and that's a conversation mm-hmm. for offline, I guess. But those are mine. That's it. That's it. That's all I got for you. I love that. Praise God. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, well. All right. <clears throat> we got any it's customer service time. today? Nope. Oh, oh, we do. I don't think so. No, okay. only one I have I can't play because Obio's calling in. If you didn't oh. notice, he's gone. Um, but he's calling in because he loves us. You know, a Where's great that? turnaround from last episode when we were just because friends and we weren't even best friends. Oh, friends. my God. I don't know where we stand on those because you notice he didn't really give either one of us a response to that. Like, no, I would never say What's that. What's crazy? Or, These girls could be, no. in, they, they could be in my wedding and still don't say, oh, they'll say, we were just because friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That will be the beginning of our speech at the wedding. <laughs> well, it all started when we were friends just because. Um, we don't really know where we stand right now, but. Um, yeah. This is insane. Yeah. yeah. I'm honored to be here, not really knowing where I stand with OBO. So. But at home. least they you do. They church together. I mean, what more we need to do? I don't know. But okay, guys. I'm going to let it cook. It's crazy. Y'all got it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, I haven't yet listened to the one that's in our inbox. So if we just want to play it and just guess, we can do that. Let's do it. All right, y'all. I don't know what it says. Didn't get I'm a scared. chance to review it. <laughs> Where's the customer service jingle? Oh, what was it? Well, yeah, what was it again? Y'all make customer service. service. <laughs> there you go. Obio, oh, like that it. was completely brand new. That was me trying to follow you, but what was that? Oh. Customer service. When did we ever do that in life? I thought it was like, it was jiggling. Customer service. And see, Very that's good. the vibe. And I'm glad that you did that because that's the vibe I keep trying to get with niggas online and y'all aren't having it. Because niggas you can't say online. niggas and then want like jing- <laughs> <laughs> That's precisely the vibe I've been trying to give. <laughs> And that, yeah, has I been a missing piece. I'm going to say it every episode from now on so everybody understands the inflection. Sam, can, you play, can you play this term, the customer service thing, please? I gladly can. Just one second. Thank you. Thank you. All right, here we go. trans woman from North Kakalaki. And I just want to say that I really love y'all's podcast. I've been listening to every episode. So, Thanks. shout out to y'all. Hopefully y'all continue doing them, you know. Also, me and y'all's capacity and doing what you need to do to take care of yourselves, but from the maintenance checks, it seems like y'all are really prioritizing those things. I love that for y'all. So I'm going to do some short voice notes so I don't send you like a whole bunch of long ones. This one's going to be long though. (laughs) So my question is, I've been getting lots of signs saying that it's time to start planning for my future and ensuring I have things set up now that are going to build stability over time and one of those things is retirement and so I currently am employed at two different jobs that have amazing 401k plans and actually the other job that I have has a 401k plan and a pension plan and as someone who you know wasn't raised with a lot of financial literacy I've been uh, doing a lot of research to learn about these things. I know as a black trans woman and black trans and queer people in general, you know, we struggle with income and employment Mm. and housing and every other basic human right, even the right to live and exist. Um, So I'm very fortunate to be in a place and I understand there's a privilege and there's also like a blessing to be in a place where I can not only think about my retirement and my financial future, but also be able to act on it. Mm. So I've been watching a lot of videos, 401k for dummies and looking up a whole bunch of articles and I've gathered a lot of information and I'm going to have a phone call scheduled with my mom and my grandma. But I just wanted to ask y'all, especially as content creators, I don't want y'all to go into details and put y'all financial business out there. That's not Mm -hmm. what I'm asking. But I just want to ask, like, were y'all raised with financial literacy? Um, 
at what point did you have to engage in financial literacy? You know, are you still working on engaging or working to be more financially literate? And what do y'all have retirement options? Like, how does y'all, are y'all interested or do you already have 401ks or a Roth or Roth IRAs, you know, all the other acronyms and investment lingo? So yeah, that's my question. Uh, yeah, financial literacy and have y'all thought about it and are y'all engaged in it and what helped you get there? Okay, I know my intention was not to send you a bunch of long mm-hmm. ones, but they all end up being along anyway. So thank you and y'all listen to all of these. And once again, y'all are great, y'all are amazing, you know, offering y'all so much love and light and peace and ease and pleasure. Mm. than deserving of it and it's not attached to what you do what you provide and y'all do and provide a lot but y'all deserve it just because y'all are inherently worthy take care you take care too we wish you love light ease and pleasure amen um when y'all want to answer this first (laughs) i'm excited to answer this okay um number one I, i absolutely adore you and i adore this question and you shedding light on this subject because it's so important. So I don't know if we talked about this yet, but um, I think, Lene, I was telling you about it, that I recently saw Kokomo City. Mm -hmm. Um, And Kokomo City is a film that speaks about four trans women who who happen to be sex workers. And they're speaking about their experience in that field. Um, And some of them wanting to stay there forever, some of them wanting something different, some of them just shedding light on a lot of what happens there and why it's such... A prevalent part of the culture um so you speaking about that speaking about the fact that it is very hard for people in the trans community to get jobs in I, would you call that like mainstream places well in places where people are because a lot of people do not understand or what was that beautiful word that hope used it was miss transmissia transmissic yeah a lot of people are just for whatever exists in them, they just don't want to have anything to do with trans people because they don't want to feel uncomfortable or they already feel uncomfortable or they have whatever notions in their mind. So imagine you go to a job interview and immediately before someone looks at your resume, they're like, yeah, no thanks, Hmm. over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So you see a lot of people having to resort to things like um, being a sex worker when that's not something that they actually genuinely want to do themselves. So... First things first, just really happy that you shed light on that topic. The second thing is um, you asked about if any of us have grown up with information about financial literacy. I think as a whole, as black people, there's so much (laughs) that we just, even the things that some of our parents have tried to tell us, um, we recognize we're not the correct thing or it it was missing some Mm -hmm. context. Um, My father... And I did not have a close relationship until I was about 11. But when I met him, that's the first time that I learned about, you know, setting up a future, uh, making decisions for later, the type of things that I could have access to or the kind of things that I had the capacity to have in my own life. Um, It was the first time that I knew people had more than one car. Like, Mm. my dad had a weekend car Mm. and a a week car. And I was like, well, I don't... (laughs) Well, why would you need to, you know what I'm saying? Like, why? Um, And it was a cool experience for me, but I I had to also learn that um, there's a lot of things that 
there's a lot of information, like you researching these courses about what to put in place, where to put your money, how to make an investment, how to do this, what kind of things, what does retirement look like? Because there is going to be an age where you're not going to be able to physically work. How do you get your brain to work for you? So one thing that I try to do as a content creator is be realistic about the things that are making me money actively versus the things that may make me money down the line. Um, I try not to get wrapped up in the things that will make me money down the line because at the end of the day, bills have to be paid. Um, I have things that I want to do today. And so sometimes that looks like not doing what I want to do today so that I can do what I want to do, period. Um, so I applaud you for putting yourself in a position to know more, to research the information. And I also encourage you to surround yourself with people who know more than you about these topics because there is so much to learn and so much to know. Um, there's no way that I could even begin to even, and there's so much that I'm learning. So there's not even mm -hmm. anything that I could really say, well, do it this way, do it that way. This is going to sound cliche, but you really have to find your own way to your financial freedom. Um, and the best way to know that is by, <sighs> would you be saying, getting in, and getting in touch with your inner star player. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that, um, and I would say like it, Getting in touch with an interstar player to find your own path to financial freedom is one point, but also I think one of the best pieces of advice I can give to anyone is just having a mindset for longevity, period, um, and having enough self-discipline to not cut corners in the present mm -hmm. for present-day satisfaction, which I still struggle with. But to answer at the base of your question, I think my parents tried to instill financial literacy in me when I was younger, but I'm not gonna hold you. If it looked like the seven habits of a highly effective person cover on that book and the words was too close together, I wasn't interested in reading that. And a lot of it I didn't understand or didn't even make sense to me. And not because I was behind academically, it just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is also intentional, a lot of words being used and that's been historic whether it's policy, whether it is finance stuff, whether it is legal documents, it's all worded in a very uh, obfuscating kind of way to confuse people who don't have the wherewithal, time, and patience to work through something like that to understand it. Um, but I did know that financial literacy was important to my communities because of different programs. They would talk about it at church and making sure black people were empowered. And so with that, I was taught to take care of my business so I wouldn't be in a place where I could not take care of myself mm -hmm. and to be a good steward over what I was given. So with that, and I feel like I had a conversation with Obio about this when we first started becoming Just Because Friends. And <laughs> I was talking to him about when I first started making money, I didn't buy myself anything designer. I refused to splurge on anything that was not related to equipment or not related to my work because I didn't want to get caught up in money I'd never seen before. Mm. Um, right. And I got a lawyer. Even though I had to pay a lawyer, I paid a lawyer on retainer so I could make sure the money the money that was coming to me on these offers was correct. Mm -hmm. Like not even just correct, but worth my time. And also that I wasn't giving more of me for a lesser amount than I should negotiate for. I paid an mm -hmm. accountant to make sure that I was um, in regulation with my taxes because I never want to be behind on that. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not going to be me. That's been my, that's been my like uh, motto. 
to make sure I'm staying on top of my things. And then most recently, to the point of retirement, I did get someone to set me up. And really, my accountant, my accountant does a really good job of educating me on things. There's a lot I still don't understand. And I'm right now in a moment still learning about financial literacy for myself. But she's the one who tells me about certain things that are not just tax breaks, but can help me in the long run. Getting an IRA, somebody tried to approach me before about setting up my retirement. I'm like, I have finances and things to pay for right now to get me to a place to where I can think about saving money. And then she put it in terms of, well, if you are able to put put something in this account it can also help offset your taxes and you're not really spending money and granted it's more complicated than that but she simplifies it for me in a way that lets me know what's useful and meaningful to me and on top of that and then speaking to the person who was over setting up my retirement account I remember he was very excited to talk to me he was telling me how about how much money I was gonna make if I put x amount in the bank uh, for this amount of money and I don't remember what it was called I think it was just a regular Roth IRA he was setting me up with. But then I thought about what I do. Then I thought about what I stand for. And I said, well, I don't want to invest in Tesla. I don't want to invest in people who are not doing things that I agree with, that agree with my politics. And he said, okay, there's a such thing as conscious investment or clean investment, something to that effect. Um, But it does mean you won't make as much money because you're not investing in top companies. And so that's just a personal note for me. But there's so many pieces to the puzzle. Like you just never know where your money is going if you're in the business of just trying to get the most out of it like capitalism is a beast and it's at its root almost always what's the word um predatory to some group of people and you have to educate yourself and I would my advice I don't even know if you asked for advice but just as people educate themselves make sure that you're asking questions just make sure you're asking questions. And if that person can't do something for you, ask them to expose you to somebody who can. There's a lot of people who do um, consultations as first meetings that you can ask a lot of questions in to figure out how to move forward. So, yeah. And congrats to you. Congrats to you for mm-hmm. even being in a position, like you said, to be considering retirement. So I think you're on a great track. Up you. <laughs> what up, sis? Um, love, love that for you. I don't have any advice. I'm not that great with money. Uh, my, my, <laughs> motto is, <laughs> my motto is just to make a whole bunch of it. Um, so, yeah, I did not grow with money. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's it? That's all? Got it. But I will say these two people own homes. I don't. And I feel like that is the one thing a lot of black parents who who do have some wherewithal try to instill in their kids get a home don't pay rent don't waste your money don't pour into something that you don't own and in this housing market it is a lot more difficult but i commend y'all for being able to own homes you know um my taste unfortunately got to to city i was just about to say the only- um <laughs> so i need floor to ceiling windows in my home and i don't know what i'm gonna do about that in the middle of atlanta <laughs> The only reason Lede doesn't I don't own need home. it in the middle of Atlanta. They just don't make homes like that outside of Atlanta. No, it, that home is maybe going to be $25 million by Absolutely tomorrow. Not. Absolutely not. Okay. And I won't be paying for that. Okay. So we'll see if I ever get out of my apartment. So there's that. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Well, well, I hope that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Moving on. I learned something. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas online, yeah. No cute. You know what? <laughs> Moving on. Just 
first off, the yeah was rough. Like, you didn't even, like online didn't even come out yet. She's doing some yeah. Oh. It was I have on never seen a person so excited to do a thing that they ran and abandoned their friends just to get oh, to the. First of all, y'all never do it with me on time, anyways. So it's a lot coming Season up. He's on time, dog. What's the topic one? <clears throat> so first things first, um, <laughs> Glorilla put up a video recently saying, "Y'all, if you are a lady watching this." It's giving you need to be toxic in your twenties. Throw away all that trying to be a good good person. Well, not person. Not, not person. Mm-hmm. Let me not misquote her. It was just throw away all that trying to be, you know, having everything together right now. Be toxic, do the things, act crazy, because when you're 30, you can't be cutting up no tires. You can't be, you know what I'm saying, calling him fifty eleven times and doing all the wild stuff. So go ahead and be have fun. They took this so literally online and were like appalled this is what's wrong you know they can't wait for a moment to say like here go y'all black women telling other black women to do stupid things this is you know you can't be toxic you can't that when i just took it as a girl saying have fun in your 20s be unapologetic do the things um that may not get the best response when you are grown um be a little bit more emotional all of that so do y'all want to hear the video Will that help you guys with your context, or do you want to just get straight into the comments? I had commentary. I oh, yeah, you want to hear it? I don't have a desire to hear it, now. Okay. okay. All right. Well, if that's what she meant, if that's what you got off of the inflection of her voice, um, then I think she misspoke. Okay. Because today, when you have certain figures in the media showing toxicity, in very extreme ways, it can be really irresponsible to speak that way. And I'm not saying anything against Glorilla. I really enjoy her. I love the way she conducts herself on the internet because it gives very much unbothered. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to be free. I'm going to not um, restrict myself to the public's needs or desires for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she gives off what she might have been trying to portray in this video. But I do think we have to be a little bit more judicious with our words because I could be a a young girl on TikTok see this and be like I am gonna go with that boy that don't like me and I'm just gonna not like him back and but we gonna stay together and I'm gonna have my Rolodex of Negroes that I call to get me free food because it's okay to be toxic in your 20s and to your point I get it because there there's a degree to everything and there's a degree of that that you should experience and I always say in my spirit that I spent too much time (laughs) trying to be a level-headed girlfriend when I had the complete right to be crazy in my very early 20s I had the right to throw uh laundry off the side of buildings I had a right to key cards and I didn't do none of that for the sake of I'm gonna be classy and composed and all these things and you can say whatever you want to say about that statement but my point to myself is I spent a lot of time trying to appear more emotionally mature than I was and not really honoring where I was um, in particular situations. So, yeah, I get what she's trying to say. But at the same time, I think what I would have said Mm. is, yeah, girl, mess up. Yeah, girl, folks don't judge you. And what about it? Your 20s is literally you don't have to figure yourself out in your 20s, which I think is a misconception that a lot of us came into our 20s 
believing Mm -hmm. we had to figure it out we had to have careers and families by the time we left our 20s and now we understand that you don't have to do none of that you can figure out self in your 20s and i think that's a better message than saying be toxic all 20s that's 10 years of a lot of energy is all i'm saying and i guess just as a girl who has cut up jordans and thrown clothes (laughs) over the balconies and I am now living in a home with my man and our kids and we're happy and mm-hmm. I'm exiting my 20s mm-hmm. and feeling like the very well-rounded person mm-hmm. that I need to love be. That for you. I just feel like do would I go back and mm-hmm. give the Jordans back? Would I go back and not, you know, think of what that man's password was and go through all of his social media apps and threaten to delete them? Would I go back and not do all that wild behavior? No, because those moments allowed me to reflect Mm-hmm. and be like, you know what? I don't want to have a relationship in this way. I don't want to mm-hmm. surround myself with this. But I appreciate what you said because it did make me think about the fact that my level of toxicity yes. is not the next person's level of toxicity. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that you did mention, now have I ever keyed up a card? No. You know why? why? Because I can't survive in jail. Yeah, same. If you bring me to the jail, mm-hmm. I will be holding onto the bars. <laughs> I'm not going inside. I'm not doing it. You won't get me inside or mm-hmm. else we both going. I'll be crying. Like, I'm not I, about that life. What? Snot will be dripping out my nose. I'm not doing it. That's not me. I don't know nothing about that life. Correct. So the levels, and it's so important that when we're on social media, you know what I'm saying, take things with a lot of grains of salt. You know Mm -hmm. how many many things these girls would be just riding and be like, that's some crazy shit. I should should record something about that Mm -hmm. with no thought. And Mm -hmm. then they post it. And Mm -hmm. it's not a Bible for your life. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Mm Mm-hmm. What you think, Obio, before I read these? I feel like I'm leaning away from this kind of language in general. Mm. You know, like, I, I think it's kind of ageist, to be honest, because I think, mm. to me, it's more about, I don't know, I thought we put so much pressure on age in our lives, right? Like, like age does not dictate maturity, right? Yeah. Like, 20s is 20s is just a thing that we kind of just decided is your, your ability to do whatever, but 20s is as whatever as 30s if you let it. And I think... To me, it's more about, I think a lot of us is racing as biology for women, right? Like a lot of us have this idea that women are going to turn 35 and needs to think about children. So before, you, before you're outside of childbearing age, do all these things. And so instead mm-hmm. of saying that, we just say 20s, right? But I think, I don't know. I guess I, I guess I just know too many people from each age bracket that are two totally different ways, right? Mm-hmm. I know some people yeah. in their 20s who are so mature, who are mm-hmm. so whatever. I know people in their 40s who ain't got it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so it becomes like, yeah. Like, at what point do we kind of, like, stop using age as a barometer and just start talking explicitly about maturity, about, like, what needs to take place, about who you are, and, like, learning who that is? And I also feel like there's also audiences for everybody. Like, I'm not Glorilla's audience, right? Even though I listen to her music, I'm not her audience. It's just mm-hmm. not, I mean, it's just not, it's not her audience, right? I, I'm able to understand and pick apart what, like, can be applied and pick apart what, to me, feels like a, like a raging conjecture. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just not really in the business anymore. Because uh, even me now, I think about like how, how my life to look. Like, do I even want a relationship? And that being an honest question, I want to ask myself, opposed to thinking that like this American dream says I have to have one and I have mm-hmm. to be this way in my thirties. I have to start wearing cardigans in my forties. Mm-hmm. I have to start going. You know what I mean? I have to mm-hmm. drive this car in my fifties. Like, you know, all of these things, and it's like. Mm-hmm. I think we would do ourselves a favor if we just start saying, like, do you. Like, yeah, yeah. And at whatever age you are, do your thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at in my life. Literally, even this trip has been, like, a big, like, eye-opener for me. I'm just like, yo, like, you're in Bermuda on somebody else's dime. Like, and just having a good, like, with a 26-year-old woman who just, I mean, who started a company that's, I mean, 
in Sephora, millions of the, all these things, right? And so it's like the world is your oyster. Like, you know what I mean? There's no, and she could have said, I'm only 24. Who am I to start a company that's going to end up in Target and Sephora? And I can take people on branches. Who am I to do that? But it's like, no, in your 20s, you can do that too. Like, there's no really age for like all the things. And so I just feel really inspired to say that right now. Like, your age has nothing to do with what you feel like you should do. And I'm sure that it is. But even for me, like, I remember being younger and being so inspired to do things that I felt too young to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, and I had no community to say, you're not too young, do it. But yeah. in my mind, I was like, I'm just too young to start a brand or start a company or like have a really great idea that I actually actualize yet. Let me just wait until I forget it in my 30s. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I probably would have done myself a favor had I said, do you, do, do yeah. you know what I mean? So those are my thoughts. That was food. Yeah, you might have ate. I have a little bit of pushback. Um, <laughs> no, but I agree with you for a couple of reasons, and I'll get around to that. But I would, the only pushback that I have is I think there's so much, and to your point, women might be more concerned about this. Um, yeah, I'll say women because I was trying to think, is this like expansive gender-wise? But I think women in particular who are expected to adopt particular gender norms, not only do we have a biological clock, but there's something to be said about your 20s being when you become independent and when you learn independence and how to function in independence. And so for that purpose, I understand the conversation around your 20s and I do... I would also encourage people to do what they want to do in their 20s, but I also think there's something to be said about this is a period of life when you are learning how to do life on your own and learning what you want out of life. And you might not figure that all the way out in your 20s. So to your point, I think you're exactly right about that. And to further your point, I look at women like Angela Bassett. I won't say Angela Davis. Angela Bassett, Viola Davis, um... Uh, Ross, Tracy Ellis Ross, um, even Issa Rae, looking at these women in ages and like in their prime, in their prime doing amazing things. And like someone like Angela Bassett has had many primes, you would think. And so that's also something to say is like one time, one period in your life is not going to be the only period in life where you shine or you're doing mm-hmm. your big one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much more possibility for us and not even just on what we can do, but how we can look, mm-hmm. how we can present, how we can take pride in self. And this person made a comment, said, be selfish, be educated, be strong. But like that concept of selfishness is something that I think we can apply to allow that era of our 20s to extend into any era of our life because we're still we're still young. We're still growing. We're still figuring things out. So, yeah, that's the only part that I was thinking about, because we can there are 14 year olds graduating from medical school, all kinds of stuff going on. And like to that point, you can do anything you want to do. But there is an emotional intelligence that happens like brain development that finishes at a certain age that also is the catalyst for you then to figure out your emotional intelligence um, and how that impacts how you move and navigate through life. So, yeah. 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 That's all. No, no, I get it. Uh, Yeah. No, I get it. Cool. I'm only going to read one comment from this because something (laughs) that was said was absolutely crazy to me. Okay. And I just have questions. It says, huh? Be toxic in your 20s? So catch STDs, AIDS, have a deck of baby daddies and struggle? Why would she tell y'all to be toxic when she's living a rich lifestyle? So a couple (sighs) things. Deck of baby daddies is really, really crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Deck of baby daddies. And it's also like 
it brings me back to when we first did the teaser and it was like, why are we so focused on how many men women have children for and we're never focused on how many women men have children for mm-hmm. or men have children with whatever mm-hmm. um yeah. i've experienced this you know this comment section situation of having a space for men who just hate women to be able to say whatever comes out of their mouths when to say that she's ri- living a rich lifestyle glorilla just posted it went viral she posted a while ago she did a cleanse for like 60 days some of you have probably seen it, where she abstained from dealing with men, going to the club, drinking alcohol, doing a bunch of stuff. And within that first two months, um, first two months, let me do my math. It was yeah, 60, 60 days. days. It was, that's it. It was only two months. It was only two months. She put out FNF. I think she either wrote FNF or mm. she had put it out and her life dramatically changed. Mm. So I think it's also important to understand here, this is still a girl that is newly into fame. This mm. is not a girl that was born into riches and she living one life. And and especially if any for anyone who's even come into going viral or coming to money or any of that, we know that what it looks like on socials is not always what it looks like off of that phone. And so she's still very much a young woman going through her 20s and realizing I will be 30 one day and maybe when I'm 30 I won't be as free to act in this way and so this is really the time for me to turn up she's just speaking presently we've all said things in our 20s that we've all said things period yeah that makes sense one day and don't the other so Mm -hmm. um I just really wanted to point that out but but yeah cool cool so next do y'all know Afropuff Jada? No. Okay. I don't. So she's this really cute influencer. And her Come thing. On, <laughs> her thing is that you can make a bag out of anything. Okay. And so she went viral in 2020 for making a bag out of everything from cereal bowls. Did I not put them in here? Hmm. She made a bag out of everything from cereal bowls to a gas tank. Oh, Girl. <laughs> to um a table um she just makes a bag out of like literally just putting a string over stuff while showing people this is fashion and having the meanest outfits on nah, this is fashion. well i have a question about this one i'm gonna let mm-hmm. you go ahead and call out what she's made out of the bag now for me to then talk about what else is in this photo okay it's here i don't know why it's not showing up here okay so basically most recently mm-hmm. she made a bag out of oh. it she made a bag out of an ATM machine. Mm-hmm. Now, there are questions that must be asked here because what we see in this picture, I will share this in the story when you guys get the post, is that the ATM machine is open and her shoes are off. She also has, <laughs> it's just a lot going on. And She also has, you can make out a bag out of anything. And I just feel like the bag would then equip you to purchase the shorts you have on because you have the little... The, the the magnet strip thing. Yes. The clip that they got to rub on the machine when you buy clothes, mm-hmm. it is still on the front of her shorts. Unless she placed it there herself. I feel like she had to place it there. I don't see... Oh, that's weird. I don't see um, anybody putting <laughs> that strip on the it front. It might be fashion, so I'm going to shut up. Okay. But I do see the bags. I see the table as a bag, which is nuts. The gas tank as a bag, which is also nuts. The cereal ate, literally. The emergency contraceptive may be my favorite. Emergency contraceptive may be my favorite. It's in its life size. It's not a small Girl, plan B. It is waist length. 
um yeah moving yeah. along Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what, she got in trouble for the ATM machine being open or something? Yes. So the authorities were called. Um, there was a whole video. Her mother was pissed. She's like, look at Jada doing all this. This is too much, Jada. This is just too much. It's like when your influencer daughter has been bringing you out to her shenanigans, and now you're fed up. Like, now this is, come on. We cannot make a bag out of anything. So she didn't share the details of what happened. Um but she did just, you know, show her kind of looking and letting the cops do their job while mm-hmm. she had the confidence of I'm not about to be arrested right now for this. So y'all do what y'all have to do. And okay. I'm going to go home and post this and it's go viral again. This for me. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else like afraid of the police? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I get nervous when police drive behind me. Yeah. Because I don't know what I could possibly be doing wrong. Yeah. I was drinking a juice today out of a glass cup mm-hmm. and I put it down because I was like, I don't want them to think yeah. this is alcohol or, or what. I'm mm-hmm. just going to mind my it. little black business. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I don't want to put it in So, for her. so um, somebody just say, y'all really going to let social media ruin y'all life. But um, Jada's winning. So I really do love that for her. Good for her, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this the last one that you was telling us about when we walked in. What's happening? For those of you who have heard about the random man in Atlanta, for those <laughs> of you who be on TikTok um, and know Morgan, you're already like, oh, cool. Yeah, because this is a trending topic on TikTok and on Twitter. But for those of you who don't know, Morgan is a single mom whose partner abandoned her within 30 days of her giving birth to their newborn. Ooh. She now creates relatable content on TikTok. She warns women to be safe and sure before having a child with a man that they may not know. She literally has videos up that's like, I am a walking advertisement for birth control. Did you take your birth control today? Um, And so she just makes light of a very dark situation. She's also shared the story um, about what has happened, you know, finding out that he had other kids. He had like three kids under three right now or something like that. Um, Finding out that on the day... Like, right after he left her and abandoned her, he actually moved back in with his ex-girlfriend. There's just a lot of not-so-great things. Now, this not being a not-great situation isn't the reason why I chose it. Um, I chose it because girls on Twitter have actually taken to tell her that it was her fault. Oh, man. Um, We saw that coming, though. Yeah. So, um, I've picked a few just to give you guys context, but I didn't want to talk about this. Um, I related to this, especially as a mom, like I'm really lucky to not have this situation, but I, I do see how quickly anybody can be in this, you know, For anybody sure. can be here. So, boom, boom, boom. somebody said, so if he's a deadbeat to five kids, why would you even allow a man like that to occupy your time? Why did you allow him to make your child number six? I just feel like y'all ain't never heard of niggas that don't tell you nothing about their whole families. Like, be married and have families and you know nothing about it until he don't show up to your wedding that he was supposed to have with you. Somebody on TikTok said, I'm sick of y'all making me think I'm stupid because he cheated on me. He deceited me. And I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Men lie. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if y'all have ever been to Atlanta, but... um. It's something in the water out here, and the lies are a little different. So, yeah, yeah. 
Um, somebody said that girl got pregnant by some random man in Atlanta story is something else that's why you don't ignore red flags. I feel for her though, but I need girls to put their thinking caps on and stop ignoring these men's toxic behavior that he's not going to change. Leave him today. What happens when the toxic behavior comes after the thing? Hmm. I think we have this, we have this, I think we have this misconception and mind you, I am a firm believer in what people leave people for is usually present in the beginning. However, I think we have this misconception that red flags are a precursor mm. for something, right? I think, like, what if the red flag happened happened after she was pregnant or after she gave birth? Mm-hmm. Then what mm-hmm. happens, right? Like, 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 it's supposed to just, I mean, like, what do you do in that moment? Right? And oftentimes, that's when red flags happen. People shame women for being victims of abuse, mm-hmm. but the red flag was the abuse. <laughs> I mean, right. like, like, like mm-hmm. that, was, that was the red flag, baby. I mean, I, like he hit me and that was the flag I got. I think we act, or I think also there's a little bit of nuance in how similar be, good, good and bad behavior is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, cause, cause people are going to get mad. Mm-hmm. That's normal. Mm-hmm. There's a threshold of how mad you can be mm-hmm. before that behavior can transcend into toxicity, right? Or be transcended into abuse and the physical harm. And so I think, I'm not saying, I'm not justifying anything, but I am saying there has to be grace given the people who are victims of those things because it's very hard to clock. Because if so, there will be very little relationships that at the first sign of anything, everybody just said, all right, peace. Right. Like, I think most people can identify with being in a, a situation with someone you've had to make some sort of adjustment for, concession on behalf mm-hmm. of, those kinds of things. So this idea that like, ladies or gentlemen, at the first sign of whatever dip, and maybe there is a threshold for what that first sign is, but I think, and I know men, right? Like, I mean, I am a man. <laughs> you know, there's a very subtle way in which these things kind of bring about. And even a point to the whole, like, fifth baby mama thing or sixth baby mama thing, like, I don't know that we can shame people out of the ability to shift. I think sometimes people mm-hmm. are, are under, the, under the understanding that people can shift. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think, because in my mind, what happens, me and Lene were on a panel talking about HIV, and this is unrelated but kind of related. We're talking about how 50% of people um, in the gay community or the, uh, the in the queer community are HIV positive. And we use it as a fear-mongering tool. However, like, what are we saying if half the population has HIV? Are they supposed to just go to some country and, like, or some far-off island and just, like, sit yeah. there and, and, and make patty cake? And likewise, the people who have five kids or who have done made mistakes or what have you, like, what are we saying to them? They need to go where, go somewhere and never come back to civilization? Like, I, I, I don't know if we can curse people for saying... I'm not damning this person for their past. I'm giving that future an opportunity to, to prove itself. And again, you may get burnt, sure, but I don't know that it's like fair for us to make her feel like she's dumb for mm-hmm. being someone who allowed somebody's future to be different than their past. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? That makes so much sense. And then too, I think comments like this also negate the fact like, yes, we've been in a situation with partners who have been liars, partners who have been deceitful, partners who have been dishonest with us intentionally but a lot of the time partners can be dishonest with themselves Mm -hmm. and give you green lights give you yeses to let's move forward yes i can do this and then once they decide i lied to myself i'm just gonna peace out then this person's just left with the dream that they were sold correct because i was gonna ask have y'all ever been with a narcissist and if you haven't cool great but I think that there's so much privilege in this comment section so where we're not thinking about people who literally believe in their lies. And like you said, when it when they realize, oh, shoot, this, this was a lie, now they want to run away and hide. I think, and, and, and hear me in the spirit. Okay. okay. 
But I think a lot of people who say they've never been with a narcissist may Woo! Glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just, you know, like oh, I've never been. I've never been like who did it. I probably get you what I'm doing is to be. Mm. It's probably because they had to be with you. Uh, ah. but if. But I'm just saying today, I got here. So I would never be with somebody who I've never done. Like, I can't believe she. Okay. And with the tone of okay. the, the people who've spoken this way in the comments, you know, uh, signs of narcissism, entitlement, inflated sense of self. Um, I don't even want to call it self-worth because it's, it's bigger than that. It's just a, a sense of self that is inflated, overinflated. Like for you yeah. to, and also not being able to be empathetic to other people's feelings. To say something like, you know, I feel sorry, but y'all need to put y'all thinking caps on. I don't know. She didn't recognize, like, it's it's giving that. It's giving that. So y'all are on brand. Um, but I did want to wrap this Yuck. segment up with um, Cindy Noir, who says, y'all talking about holding more. I feel like that's the energy she came with. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> y'all talking about holding Morgan accountable for getting pregnant by a bum? But what is more accountable than staying and raising the child by yourself? Men's dip 30 days into the child being alive. And Hello. she is the one who needs to be held accountable. Hello. Fuck y'all. She didn't say that. She didn't say the fuck y'all part. I did. Um, she said it's not enough for single mothers to be single mothers. Y'all want them to be in a perpetual state of sadness. Hello. Regret and remorse for who they got pregnant by. And that is so odd to me. It's obvious that she's aware of her choices. Hello. What more do y'all want her to do? And you know what, that's Cindy it. Noir, that's it. Because halfway through, she ate it all the way up. And there's nothing to be said. <laughs> but if you missed it, women do the accountable thing. Y'all just want to run it into the ground. Y'all want women to be so sad about day life. What's wrong with y'all? I, I think people are more comfortable when people are in shame. Yes. They want you to be in shame. They did the same thing. It was a young boy who was HIV positive, and he got a lot. And he was like, "Yeah, I just, got, I, I just tested positive, guys. You know, I go to the mall. I just took my to my my um prep. I mean, my um my chibata. He was talking about you know how he's doing. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, him, he's glorifying. What you want the man to do? Glorifying. You want to sit in the corner? You know, say he he said he tested positive. He says he's on meds. What you want your man to do? But I think again, people are comfortable with you being in shame yeah. because if not, I think really if we're gonna get really, 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 mm-hmm. really I think a lot of people look for other people to verify their. I want to say laziness, but it's deeper than that because what I mean is, if she's dealing with that and not in shame, and I'm dealing with half of that, but I am in shame. Mm-hmm. What does that then say about me? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people look for other people to say she needs to be ashamed because again, if she's ashamed, it'll verify my shame for not having enough money, not having the right outfit, not having enough access, not having the things. But again, if she's navigating and handling her responsibilities, I'm, I can't get out of bed and all I have is go to the job I hate. But it's like, again, like you're trying to figure out how can I verify my experience, but it's harder when people around you are making stuff move with less. Making stuff move and navigating more. And I think a lot of people just are not comfortable with people saying, I'm going to take these lemons and legitimately make some lemonade. Because you took them lemons and was like, yeah. What did you call that, OVO? Um, The Olympics? Something Olympics? Oh, the Oppression Olympics. Oppression Mm -hmm. Olympics. Yeah, y'all like to play that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, everybody, that's their favorite game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, on to the big kahuna of the week. These were great. We've had such a great 
discussion so far, guys. I love coming to this thing with you. Moving along. Um, oh, my just because friends. It hurts every time you say that. I want you to know. When I say it, when they when you it, say it, just what? Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The big Kahuna of the week is if you guys follow me on TikTok. I posed the question and it actually turned into a really cool dialogue, but it was based off a post that I saw and I actually couldn't find the post when it came time for us to talk about what our subjects were going to be this week. But I was able to Google because I did remember enough information to even have this conversation. Anyway, 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 I was on break when they killed affirmative action. I had that young man, J. William J., J.J., come through on the parking lot and talk to you guys about what happened with affirmative action but when it happened on the internet the white folks was having a heyday and of course if you know what affirmative action is we'll talk about the history in just a second but it was introduced so that there could be no discrimination and it started off in places of employment based on race religion or creed and essentially it was discussed to benefit black americans who were being racially prejudiced because that was the primary and not to play a Prussian Olympics, but that was the, I'll be trying to watch my words all the time on this podcast, but whatever. <laughs> but it was the the most salient version of discrimination that was happening against black people in workplaces and education. Um, and so, you know, the whites were like, oh yes, we're so sick of black people getting hired and getting in school to fill quotas and I'm not getting in schools. I literally just watched an episode of a different world that addressed affirmative action. Just like, do you guys remember the episode where like Ron made a bet with three white guys about a game. Ron heard something on the radio that their quarterback was sick and the white guys lost the bet. Mm -hmm. And then he said, you should probably get some more brothers on your team. And they started to spray paint the word nigga on his car. So they all got active and yeah. it's a good episode. It's funny because it's one of those flashback episodes that 90 sitcoms did where you got three different renditions from three different sides of the story. Yeah. And the cop ends up having marched with Dr. King and all these things. But one of the guys said he has so much animosity for Ron in the first place because I shouldn't be at this state school. I should be at Harvard where I belong. Boy, you look like you belong at a state school. And that's, and that's just, you know, a little bit of shade from my own personal <laughs> whatever. But that was the commentary that was happening. And not only were white Americans having this conversation, but Asian Americans were also having this conversation. And we also talked a little bit about how The Little Mermaid didn't do as well because of racism, in particular here in the U.S., but also in China, where there are such where movies can make big numbers because there are such high populations over there. But because she was black, she didn't make it. So I said to myself while I was on this break, when I come back, I'm going to ask the question. And I didn't know if it was going to be too late to talk about it, if there would be anything to come up again for it to be relevant again. And it was. So in the wake of the rollback of affirmative action, this group called the American Alliance for Equal Rights. And I'm going to stop there. I think that's my favorite thing to say on this podcast. I'm going to stop you right there because American Alliance for Equal Rights, y'all adopting terminology that is meant for the end of discrimination and reappropriating it to be something evil is disgusting. And you ought to be shamed and your mama ought to be shamed for teaching you that for letting you grow up and be that and be that head ass of an adult to use a phrase like equal rights and use it to justify use it to justify the fervor discrimination and disenfranchisement of people who have experienced discrimination is disgusting all that is to say is that American Alliance for for equal rights which is led by white and Asian Americans 
is now working to sue private companies like Fearless Fund Management LLC that are specifically giving support to black women. This is not their, this might be their first suit, but in the post that I originally saw, they said, we're going to be doing more things like this. And you guys know that for black business owners to get ahead, not even to get ahead, yes, get ahead so we can get in line, so we can get in the same flow with the rest of y'all. Literally that, <laughs> literally that. We are waiting on the outside wings, trying to get into the flow. And so there are some hands that reach out to help us get into the flow. And they want to sue people for that. And a little bit of petty historical context was that that's crazy because this is a conservative organization. And conservatives have historically fought for the government to stay out their business and their money so they can use it to do whatever they want to do. So what are we doing? Not only are you using equal rights in a, in a blasphemous way, but you're also going against yourself. Republicans don't know what they want right now. Conservatives don't know nothing about nothing. They just know that we were once on the same side of being against the blacks, and we got to find out any, any way possible to do that, even if it means disrupting our entire rhetoric and lineage of politics. So I got on TikTok. And I said, hey, Asian Americans, why y'all don't like us for real? And I could answer my own question. You guys have seen me talk about it. Actually, Sam brought up, I don't know if you brought it up in the episode, but when an Asian creator like took my words. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that original post that the, the Asian creator plagiarized was about the conversation of Stop Asian Hate when that was happening in like 2021, I believe. And in that video the Asian creator says anyone can be influenced by white supremacy. And I use that as a teachable moment to say, hey, yeah, just like you were when you plagiarized my words and did not give me credit. And so this has been something that I have spoken about before. And it's clear that we can do these analysis, like black people in general can off the strength of observation period, recognize that Anti-blackness comes from a desire for proximity to whiteness. It comes from model minority myth. But what I wanted to know, I wanted to know two things. I wanted to know one thing and I wanted to get a specific product. I wanted to know how exactly this was being perpetuated in homes. What do your parents say to you? What goes on? What beliefs does your culture have that were informed by white supremacy and how do they take root? The other thing that I wanted... I got a couple black creators to stitch it. Not I got as in I wanted to. They just ended up stitching it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say their opinions were not relevant to the conversation, but what I needed was for Asian Americans to say, yes, this is true. And I've experienced it. Because I think one thing that we struggle with is being gaslighted to make it seem that we're just complaining about things that don't even exist. Right. And so to have proof of product proof in the pudding that mm-hmm. this is ha- actually happening. I want the Asian Americans to respond to that and stitch. And I got a couple ones that were pretty dope, but I wanted to give some background. I did a lot of talking though, so y'all got thoughts. Yeah, every time, every time I hear the word equality, I'm always like, eh, this is probably on the left. Mm-hmm. Just because I think what most of the time we need is equity. You know yeah. what I mean? I think equality mm-hmm. just doesn't really make any sense because most people have been disenfranchised in a way that doesn't make equality relevant. Um, I, when I was in school, they taught us the analogy of if we're two separate heights, but given the same ledge to look over the fence with, we're, one person is not going to be able to see. And I think about that for a lot of races that we're in, right? This idea that like you and I are given the same thing, but we're starting from very different uh, starting points, essentially, yeah. right? Especially mm-hmm. as black people, and I hate to go, take everything back to slavery, but slavery kind of is 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 kind of where we're at with it. And I think again, like we we we, we like to like 
glorify where we've come to. And I get that. But I think it happens in so many ways, y'all. Because I think when we think about like what we have, it almost seems selfish to people who are non-blacks, which is so, which is such a gaslight, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we want more. It's like, y'all have a present. You have this, y'all have access to wealth. But how much more we would have if mm-hmm. we didn't have to deal with X, Y, mm-hmm. and Z, and Z's, and Z's friend. And so I think it becomes this really interesting conversation about, and even black and brown, if we're being really, really frank in this conversation, and a little bit of wiggle room, like who, who, like who are the brown people in the black and brown conversation? Because oftentimes, I hear we're black and brown, they try to like, you know, kind of put us in the same experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> uh, and that's a good question. Cute. Because to your but, point, I mean, on its head, when we say black and brown, we automatically think Latinos, Hispanic Americans, but also a lot of Indian Americans consider themselves to be brown. And so then there's another, another like mm-hmm. pool of characteristics that's now lumped in with everybody else. And then I actually saw a creator and looking at all the stitches, people com- commenting and tagging me in different things. But one creator even was talking about writing a dissertation and got pushed back because she didn't use critical race theory. She used black critical theory. And they were like, well, if you don't use critical race theory, less people are going to see it. Um, it's more respected and da, da, da. She said, well, when we use critical race theory, we're lumping in other people in the in problems surrounding black Americans, which then further makes our issues less important because now we're grouped in with everybody, which is why I don't like the phrase. I'll say BIPOC. But it's black, indigenous, and people of color. It's never been people of color for me. Never for all of us. Because it just doesn't make sense. And that's also, unfortunately, I think it could be a tool. And it is often a tool used by the same conservatives who just want to be, to jump past the advent of initiating equity and be race blind and be color blind. And so they lump up BIPOC to never deal with the fact that you actually actively victimize black people, period. Mm -hmm. Everybody else fell into an order that you created here, but you put us at the bottom. You subjugated us. You put us through a social death that we've had to resurrect ourselves from with no help from nobody else. Because if I put all you guys together, I only got to deal with the person at the top. Yeah. So if I put black, look, we do we do it in most marginalized groups. The queer queer community, we're going to be LGBTQ plus community. We can put all that together, but we're only going to deal with the gays. Not the trans, not the, not the non-binaries, not the, you know what I'm saying? We're going to deal with the, with, with the gays. And that way I can say I have that community. Mm-hmm. I'm only touching one. Likewise, the black and brown. I can give some Hispanics some rights. I can give some whatever some rights. But again, I'm only going to touch the top layer because that's the easiest one. So let me loop all, loop all y'all together and then we can touch the easiest one to deal and then we can proclaim that we helped the group. But we've only really, really helped this one mm-hmm. specific area right. of people. And so it becomes this really weird space of like how much these things affect the people who are affected. But again, if you separate them, it's more work. Because mm-hmm. now you guys individually attack the black community, mm-hmm. the Hispanic community, and they visually help the gay community, the trans community, the lesbian community. Like that sounds like too much work. Because again, you guys mm-hmm. are not going to take accountability for the fact that you guys are fighting fights and you are you are blown by work that you have to do that you also started. Hello, I want to <laughs> like you mad about a pile of laundry you got to do that for clothes that you want. See, I, I didn't wear the clothes. Like, you you threw them in a chair. <laughs> You threw them in the chair on the side of the room. Yeah, I get them to close out that chair on the side of your room. But so I, want, me. I want to try not, because there's so much that has gone through my mind in this, but I want to make it real concise. I think that there is an ig- 
I gotta go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. My, my well, my car gonna leave me. Bye. I think my car gonna leave me. Oh, okay. All right, y'all. Okay, All right. Bye. bye. See you. Man, who was that? Oh, yeah. All right, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Love you guys. Love um, you next uh, time. Uh, uh, He's doing rich <laughs> guy things. Uh. <laughs> Doesn't care about us. But as you said, Sam. Um, there's a lot of ignorance that exists at the core of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, the first thing that I thought about was, remember the whole Don Lemon situation where he was, like, speaking to... Which one? Uh, <laughs> the most recent one where um, his guest had made a comment. And I was trying to find the, the name of the guest, but I didn't, so I'm not going to make it up. Um, but the guest says, slavery ended, and so did the, the pursuit of civil rights um for african american people in that time and that reminded me of when i was in when i used to go to jamaica when i was a kid in the summertime and i would like go into the schools every now and then um with my cousin and they would let me because it's a small community they would let me sit in on the classes and i asked the questions about so you guys learn about like history and blah 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 and the history that they learn it's their history mm. naturally they're not learning about mm. our history in america or getting context about slavery so the most that they know about it is how slavery has maybe happened in jamaica or you know what it what it what it is in regards to their personal situation and so i think there's a lot of ignorance that exists sometimes around understanding the history of marginalized groups when you are not a part of that group and so when you see marginalized groups getting some kind of um, not even equality, but just some basic respect and creating a space for themselves to just try a little bit more and have a little bit more access. So like you said, they can get to an close, not even an equal playing field, but close to where everyone already has been. It's like, where did y'all come from? And how can we not get in these perks and benefits? And the reason I was, I was trying to keep it concise is because this is a loaded thing. It is. It also makes me think about Um, In our world today, I've had many, you know, friends or people close to me that have had issues with LGBTQ plus rights because how dare they get special treatment? How come they're always getting everything? You say anything about someone from that group and automatically you can lose your job. You can lose this. You can lose that. And it's not fair. And it's not fair. And black people don't get as much as this. And we not understanding that for years, these people who are part of these groups were not even allowed to say, this is who I am. They had to pretend to be something else. They had to quiet themselves down. They were not allowed to speak up about topics that affected them. They were not allowed to differentiate themselves. Um, And they were also, as we spoke about earlier in the episode, denied opportunities. So here you are now, American Alliance for Equal Rights. You're upset because you feel like someone is getting special treatment because you don't have context for the history of their treatment prior to your knowledge of them existing or your knowledge of them getting a job that you feel like they deserve. So, yeah. And to your <laughs> to your point, there's just so much. It's so interesting to me about how there's so much gray area about what black people are getting in these quote unquote perks versus what other groups of people get. Right now, one of the poster, they've made him the poster child for anti-affirmative action has been this young man named Michael Wang. Not sure how old he is now. Uh, Actually, he might be around the same age as us. He graduated a year after us from Williams College. But anyway, like a dec in 2012, when he was applying for college applications, he was getting stellar grades, like stellar 
test scores but getting denied from a lot of his top choices Mm -hmm. and so he sent emails asking like what's the reason what was the reason and felt like he was getting the runaround and so then filed complaints for racial discrimination at the schools and so he's made it a point in his I won't say social career because it wasn't that in 2015 but just what he campaigned on his politics were really centered around that he felt like affirmative action was swayed towards African-Americans in an unfair way. And it's interesting because now that all these things are unfolding, he's made comments saying, I might regret what the the wheels that I started because I don't think a world without affirmative action at all is better than one that, that will we have. Mm-hmm. So he's starting to backtrack a little bit, but it's even crazier to me because I said, well, let me go. I had time at Boston University. That was the only PWI I ever went to. But the amount of Asians in that motherfucker, and Boston University is considered a public Ivy. It's one of the, like, it's a, not one of the Ivy Leagues. It's not a private institution, but it's such, like, a top-tier school. Mm-hmm. It's called a public Ivy. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you I could count all the black people on that campus because they came into my African-American studies building, like, for community, I knew every single black face that was on that campus. Um might not have known their names, but I said, this feels like it is the norm, especially in schools up here. So I went to go look at the... The um, and I'm pulling up my comments on it. The demographics at Harvard. I don't want to make a new comment. I want to see the old comment, so I can give y'all the actual factual numbers. You know what I'm saying? So the demographics at Harvard. Thirty-nine point seven percent of Harvard University's population is white. Thirteen percent is Asian. Nine point six is Hispanic or Latino. 6.5 is black or African-American, 3.9 for mixed race, and and less than 1% are American Indian or Alaskan Native. What does this mean? And that's in 2023. I've seen other statistics that have varying numbers, but that's the most recent ones. What does this mean? It means that especially because, I'm making sure I got all my numbers right for y'all, making sure I got all my numbers right for y'all, black Americans make up 14% of the United States. Asian Americans make up 7.3 right now or around there. That means there are more of us than there are African Americans. So even if these numbers were more closer to the population, that would mean that black Americans would be around 13 to 15% at Harvard. We are not. Asians are. We are closer to the percentage of Asian Americans that there are in America. So there are literally twice as many of you in these places than we are. And it boils down to the point that because of the attitudes towards black Americans, you don't believe we deserve to be there at all. And so you think that we are taking spaces from you, even though you have more perks than us. Mm -hmm. And affirmative action within itself started in 1961 by President Kennedy, and it was meant to be in the workplace in particular. It became a conversation in 1978 when, what's this man's name? A young man named Alan Blake claimed that he was discriminated against and denied admission to make room for less qualified minority students at University of California in 1978. But even since then, white women, and dare I say it, Asian Americans, have been the most to benefit from affirmative Mm -hmm. action Mm -hmm. than us. And so for the narrative to continue to be surrounded around affirmative action is a problem because of us is literally ridiculous and ludicrous. And I'll pause right there because I could keep going, (laughs) but I know you have thoughts. It is, when you read those numbers to me, I immediately knew exactly what a lot of people who are not in our demographic think, oh, yes, yeah, because they're stupid and they don't deserve it. 
because well. that's what a lot of the TikTok rhetoric is. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, oh no, now you have to be judged by your own merit. And it's like when at what point were we ever being judged by our own merit and what we bring to the table and how mm-hmm. capable we are of things. And it's it's not just us. And the fact that this American Alliance is led by Asian Americans and White I and knew Asian. before you American Asians, yes, American white and american white and asian american yes (laughs) but i'm saying specifically the Mm -hmm. fact that it would be white people i get it cool Mm y'all don't want us to have nothing we get it (laughs) it's on brand being Um, a dead horse (laughs) (laughs) but i'm surprised by the asian americans because of how much i went to um i used to study at stuyvesant stuyvesant is um a specialized high school in new york city and there are mostly asian and asian american students so i had a lot of friends that benefited from this when it was time for them to go to college Mm -hmm. so the fact that you're trying to take this away from your own people just out of sheer hate and proximity to white people like you spoke about that's insane to me Mm -hmm. you're damaging your own community for the benefit of someone else's Mm -hmm. i'd also like to before we get back into the ridiculousness and the ludicrousness i would also like to point out to you that forbes reported earlier this summer that the 2022 to 2023 school year in that year, the eight Ivy Leagues enrolled a total of 68,968 undergrad students. Only 5,063 of those students were black. In 2022 to 2023. I'm not saying that to make sure you have the years right. I'm saying that to let you know that's now today. Mm-hmm. To put that in perspective even more, Howard... One single HBCU enrolled 5,916 black students in the last academic year. That's more than the eight Ivy Leagues put together. And so to your point, and I'm so glad that you said it, because yes, it's something like beating a dead horse. We already know all the arguments why people are going to put forth about things. But literally attacking affirmative action in this day and age, talking about people should be able to get in things based on merit is a covert way of still calling us dumb, stupid, unworthy and unqualified. That is all you're saying with affirmative action It's no longer a conversation of we don't think that race should be considered to, to, out of fairness. It's because we still think that you're dumb. Because when we change it back to this, y'all won't get in. They said 5,000, make it less. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's it's insane to me. And I'm happy that you put emphasis on the fact that this is now, this is the babies that were just on the news and moving into their dorms and doing all of the things. Like, this is today. This is not 40 years ago. This is not whatever. This is right now. You probably see a speck on these campuses in a handful of black faces, and it makes you sick. Y'all don't deserve to be here. Today. There's a creator named Amy Chen, and I'd seen her videos before. Chen, I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. I've seen her videos before, but as soon as I posted my video, I saw a lot of people tagging her. So if you like what I do, I'm not going to oversimplify her work and say she's basically me for Asians, but she does a lot of the racial awareness work and talks about racial triangulation and model minority myths as, in, as it pertains to Asian American communities. So again, these are all concepts that we can talk about. Let's talk about how these concepts are applied because I think that's a big piece that people are missing. And I was so grateful for her video and I'm going to make a response to it as well because she shared a very personal story about, about how her mother socialized her growing up or tried to socialize her. And some of it was pulling her closer when black people walked away, making or walked their way, making 
derogatory comments and their language. I don't recall what she, what she what nationality she said she was. So I'm not going to make any assumptions, but making comments in their language that were derogatory towards Black people, pointing out that her mother lived in a region that was highly influenced by French and British colonization um, or imperialism, rather. And so adopting all of these anti-Black beliefs and really just pushing them onto her daughter. And when her daughter would push back on them because she really had an affinity for like, she had a best friend named Keisha, really mm-hmm. liked Keisha, wanted Keisha to come to her birthday party and her mom said no. Well, her mom said no. And so she said, if Keisha can't come, I don't want to have a birthday party. Her mother made her have a birthday party. And in, rela- in addition to that, anytime she would kind of talk back, she also led on to the fact that it was not safe for her to voice her opinions in her home. Mm-hmm when she would push back on her mother's opinions about race and kind of call her out on being a hypocrite, her mother would resort to physical violence to discipline her into believing Mm -hmm. what she was saying. And so she made a great point in saying, this is when I realized that racism is ridiculous because when it came down to logic, my mother had had to resort to physical violence to necessarily beat the ideology into me. Because she can't explain it. Because she can't explain it. So I was really grateful for that because, again, that and it was, it was a traumatic, I won't say traumatic, but she said at the opening of the video, it's not a pleasant trip down memory lane. These are violent ways these ideas are being indoctrinated into other communities, and y'all got the nerve and the audacity to holler about indoctrination because we want you to learn that, that the slaves didn't learn nothing from the white people when they were slaves. I'm going to bring it a step <laughs> further down an even nastier road. Okay. My Caribbean people, Oof. y'all not going to like what I'm going to speak about. Come on in the room. The, also has to sing. <laughs> okay. the term black Americans has a negative connotation in the Caribbean community. It is something that is spoken to, is spoken about to us from a very young age. We hear our families talking about it. Um, black Americans are looked at as um, ignorant, as classless, as loud, as rude, people you don't want to get into, you know, too close of a proximity to. You you really want to kind of stay to yourself. You don't want to bring them over to anything. You don't want to go over to their house. They're dirty. They're lazy. They're this. And you can see even in the way that sometimes Caribbean men are, like I've seen Caribbean men be a very different way with black American women than they would be with their own women or women from other races. Because again, it's this indoctrination of these are not good people. These are people who Mm -hmm. just don't get it. These are people that are always in jail. They're always doing drugs. They're always stealing. They're this, they're that. And so imagine if it's that nasty in places where we got the same skin and very much the same history, Mm -hmm. just in different places. Imagine what it's like for somebody that don't look like you. Yeah. And imagine what it's like also for parents that are just abusive, period. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's just another level of it. People, Parents that really don't care, like they're overwhelmed, they got whatever going on. They don't even care about being nice to their children. Imagine those stories that we don't hear about. So then you bring people into the world and they already have this deep hate that they don't even know where it came from. They just know it's law. Yeah. They just know it's fat. Literally that. They're just looking at you like you're crazy mm-hmm. because this is how I was raised. And then when we speak out on these topics, it's like, yep, there they go being lazy. Yeah. There they go wanting something for nothing. And they are making an excuse. Here they're they blaming are. us for their own issues. Mom was right. It's crazy. Yeah. And I just really, 
I just really need for the young people who are like spokespeople for the left, stand up, stand up. I don't know what they promised you. I don't know if you sold your firstborn or whatever, but get in, get in with the good witch um, and figure out how to get yourself out of that bind and be delivered because it's it's never that serious. I say all the time that folks don't get to the pearly gates and God gonna have receipts of everything they said and they're gonna have to deal with that. And I just mm-hmm. want you to think about how you're gonna show up at the gates. Whatever you believe in, it don't even got to be that. But if you believe something happens once you go, and maybe it's a problem. Maybe they think they just here to have a good time and not for a long time. But if you think you're going to get somewhere, especially the ones that purported to be Christians, if you're going to get up there, you have to answer for what you said and what you did and how you hurt people. So just be good people. Mm-hmm. You can't delete your tweets at the game. There was another person on the internet. <laughs> Who I got in a conversation with, and I feel like, I don't know, I think when we think about when we do live shows, I think we should pick back up on previous episodes that we didn't have time to pull all the way through. Mm. Because there's so much information in this one that I think makes for such good conversation. And as OBO shared, he even had great things to say, but he had to leave. But I'm going to go here, and then I'm going to try to go somewhere else so we can fit it in in our time. But someone else on the internet was having a conversation. Not even having a conversation. They responded to my video they're anonymous and they said i'm pro affirmative action but this question is unfair now ask black ask why black people are attacking asian people in the streets and like this is where i need people to read because i'm so sick of seeing copy and paste phrases word for word that indicate that you did no personal research and so i said who told you that and they said who told me that black people are attacking asian people in the streets, I've seen the footage, but not all black people. Still an unfair question. That, that was a dig because in my video, I said it's not all of y'all, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I went to have a conversation with this person and we'll get into the black people attacking Asian peoples in the streets for a second. But the conversation I was having with them is that it was so I unfair isn't the word. It was so inappropriate for you to make that comment in response to my video because I'm asking about prejudice and negative opinions and attitudes towards black Americans. So for you to bring that into this conversation is unnecessary. And instead of addressing that, they slowly began to see the truth in my comments and began making comments in favor of the argument that I was making. And I stopped talking to them because they don't got no no picture there anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what I need to say really is best served to empower those of you guys listening and conversations you have by yourselves. We need to get to a place where we need to tell people, I don't need you to start agreeing with me to save face. I need you to recognize and I need you to speak on the fact that the comment that you made was unfair and violent to our community. And just so, I'm losing my words, counterproductive and disruptive in our journeys to make these conversations more salient and believable. If I'm asking why Asian people don't like us, if I'm asking why Asian people are pulling their children away when we walk past them in the streets, you're responding, well, why are y'all beating up on people? Those are not even the same. It's not even the same plane. It's not the same conversation. And to that point, 
videos of black people harming Asian people started surfacing during the pandemic, also at a time when Asian people were being attacked and harassed online and in person by white people because they were being blamed due to their president. They were being blamed for causing coronavirus. And so videos began circulating around the stop hate, stop Asian hate conversation to then take the heat off of white people. And I need y'all to have a little bit more sense than that. Yes, there is conflict in our communities, but the conflict in our communities literally has arisen from imaginary beef. And I will go a step further to say that the conflict in our communities usually is initiated by discriminatory practices by Asian Americans. Mm. or imaginary beef actualized in real life situations and because of circumstances pitting two communities against one another. You got a beauty salon in the hood. Not everybody got money to afford to do their baby hair in the hood. Yes, somebody's going to steal. Mm. Yes, that's going to pour into your belief that black people are thieves and lazy and can't work for themselves to make a living. That's funny because you're... Because your businesses are in our communities. Specifically. <laughs> You are ridiculous. But I'm happy you said that because I wanted to say real quick, there's a difference between racially based violence and proximity based violence. Yes. It's not about me attacking you because of what you look like, but it's because we <laughs> it's just your ridiculous statement just now. <laughs> it's because yes, all of your businesses are strategically placed yes. in our communities. Mm-hmm. And the truth about it is you know what we like. And y'all give great customer service. And mm-hmm. we do have great relationships within the communities. But in proximity, sometimes there is going to be beef. Sometimes there mm-hmm. is going to be somebody that's like, okay, mm-hmm. you getting money and I don't have none. I'm going to need some of that. You got insurance or mm-hmm. whatever people be thinking. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And I want to further like dig into this point by saying the model minority myth that is perpetuated about Asian Americans and to Asian Americans for them to adopt is not just that they're smarter than everybody, that they're able to come into this country and pull themselves up by their bootstraps. It's also this idea, and I am doubling down on the fact that this is a tenet of the model minority myth, not Lene Venise's beliefs. It is an idea that Asian Americans are law-abiding citizens and docile and would not make a fuss, period. Mm -hmm. And so when you have these attitudes, if white people are calling you the model minority and they are telling you that they appreciate you because you don't make a fuss and then juxtaposing you in our communities with a group of people that they tell you make a fuss about everything and are criminals, you're going to believe those things about us and you're going to want to be able to distance yourself as much as you can from us and not just away from us, but closer to whiteness, which is the proximity to whiteness that we are, that we keep talking about. But yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not even going to say, I don't know. It's just a conversation that can go in circles. There's so much to be said tracking the influx of Asian Americans into America and how they were indoctrinated, indoctrinated on their way in to believe certain things about us. And we've just been here. So one thing that I think is super important, and I could be biased and I might find out later that my opinion right now is ill-informed, but I need Asian Americans to take accountability for the fact that their communities historically listen to lies about us and then believe them and actuated on them. Yeah. I also. Okay. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about this today. Okay. But I also just need y'all maybe just do the research on y'all own. There's this crazy thing called economics. Mm-hmm. And when I say strategic, I mean it's to the point that you have banks that are strategically approving loans in Mm -hmm. certain communities so that 
certain outcomes can take place and happen. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we may both find out later on that our opinions and our viewpoints right now are ill-informed, but the reality is this is our reality. Hmm. We are experiencing these things. And regardless of the numbers and the reasons why and all the things behind it, we are experiencing that we have too much relationship as black people with Asian Americans for us to not be able to coexist and root for each other and recognize that we are in very similar struggles and your existence doesn't come into conflict with mine or competition with mine and neither does mine come into conflict or competition with yours we have to learn to coexist because ultimately we are we're fighting the same imperfect system we're stronger together Mm -hmm. we really are can you imagine Mm -hmm. because also and checking on this y'all got a search bar on one of my videos on tiktok and that's just a big deal because they act like they don't ever know what i'm talking about but it just gives that i'm circulating now Mm -hmm. and i can stop being you know shadow banned a little bit but anyway I went back to a video I made a long time ago. Do you remember when I was like, Asians? Yes. So you're fly as hell. Is it members only? (laughs) Take me to your leader. Who made y'all like this? Mm -hmm. Give him props. And in the comments, likewise, in this most recent video, you have black people saying, what, black people are the originators and our fashion is dope and da-da-da-da. And in the most recent video, oh, we can't even care what they think. Like, we got to worry about our own stuff. Other people have to care about us Mm -hmm. for us to get somewhere. That's a reality. That's how it's existed. Other people have to make our needs a priority at any level for our needs to make sense to anybody else. Unfortunately, that's the di- that's the hand we've been dealt. Mm-hmm. We cannot get around that. I hate to, I hate to say it. And I hope I don't sound ridiculous for all my nationalists in the building. You making your own community is not going to save you because guess what? When when shit hits the fan, they're going to come to your community and burn it down. They're going to come to your community and put y'all in handcuffs and do other things because they've done it before and they'll do it over and over again. Other people have to care about us. But with that said. I am such a fan of Asian culture. It is amazing. I'm I'm such a fan of Eastern cultures, period. That mm-hmm. includes Africans because it's it's just, it's just not westernized and it has so much culture from styles of dress, from foodstuffs, from traditions, from ceremonies. So many beautiful things to 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 steep into and delve into and learn the stories and understand the cultural values of a group of a group of people. I respect it so much. Black people have that same juice, you know? And if we could come together, not just Asians, Hispanics, Latinos, and not, and not <laughs> so we can have fades in the water, you know? Not so we can make over the squirrels as a proud family reference for take over the world, not for any type of retribution so we can just be stronger together so we don't have to experience hardship. And if we did, that's why that's why it's called systemic injustice. It is systemically Correct. induced into communities so that we're at each other's throats. So the people that are literally clutching their pearls because they're becoming the minority can buy themselves time to institute more systemic things to keep us separated, to keep us disempowered and all the things. We got to care about each other. Because American Alliance for Equal Rights is a laughable organization. Thank you. See y'all next week. <laughs> wow. Such a good conversation. That was good. Mm-hmm. Oh. Fade in the water. Good night. <laughs> That's what they called it. I know.
It's and like also why I love black people because who we're too which quick. Which one of y'all make that up? Which one of y'all? Is there a high? Is there a heart in the house tonight? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> this is this part for me. <laughs> okay.